Welcome to Appetite for Production. It's the Microsoft Encarta of music production podcast. Isn't that right? Yeah, it is. African music. Yeah. We got very low quality media content and we haven't been updated since 2003. <laughs> wow, wicked. Hey. Is, that when, is that when they discontinued Encarta? Was yeah, it? I guess so. We've got some new synths to talk about. We've got some crazy legal stuff. We're going to look through a load of genres and uh, report back on the results. Okay, wow. Well, it sounds like an incredibly exciting episode. Is that what it's going to be? Uh, yes. Grab your hallucinogenic drugs. Yeah, now you're talking. And make things a little less boring than they're going to be. Okay, let's blaze, everyone. <laughs> no, no, we're really just going to talk about some software. I will put the kettle on, though. Okay, Tim, if you could uh, disengage the... Uh cosmic exploration module please okay i'm uh, i'm de- detaching the modular coupling now that's it just 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 let it drop okay <laughs> okay i think i think it's gone all the way down uh, log captain's log uh <laughs> third of january 2022 uh tim and i are um uh the sole survivors of a crew on board the International Space Station. Oh, wow, a lot's happened. Sent by the Peruvian government <laughs> to study the effects of uh, the void of space on various avian species. Ah. Uh, so, okay, I think I think we can start the test now, actually, Tim. Um, oh, we'll test one. Test one. Tim, uh, in um, airlock A are a group of turkeys. Um, mm-hmm. If you could just press the small triangular blue button and uh, uh, open the airlock to uh, let the turkeys out into the, uh, the void of space. What, this button right here? That, that, that's the button. Okay, I'm pressing it now. James, I'm afraid they've all exploded. Okay, well, I mean, that's all right. That's, I guess that's what happens to turkeys <laughs> <laughs> when you put them in space. Let, let's move swiftly on and see um, see what happens in airlock B. We have a group of herons. Okay, is this test two or is this test one airlock B? This is test two. Test two, okay. And we're using airlock B. Which button am I pressing? The uh, small square yellow button. Okay, do. this one right here? Yep, that's okay, the one. Okay, I'm pressing it now. James, I'm afraid they've all exploded again, mate. Okay, right. Well, herons, it seems they must have a very similar physiology to uh, turkeys. Well, actually, I know a lot about them because I was uh, addicted to heron. Uh, well, let's 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 move on to the final experiment. Uh, in airlock C, we have a group of two hundred chickens. Oh wow! The, well, airlock C is of course the largest airlock, so that makes sense. And this is a uh, this is test three. So, what button am I pressing for uh, this one? If you could press the little green crescent moon shape button, I'm pretty <laughs> sure. I'm pretty sure the chickens will do okay and have a great time. Okay, crescent moon shape button. I'm pressing it right now, buddy. Let's see how these little cluckers deal with the cosmos. James, 
ones have all exploded as well. All 200 of them. Uh, I mean, the Peruvians are not going to be happy, but... Uh... <laughs> well, they really should have thought ahead. Well, yeah. Because I feel like this was an obvious outcome. Well, look, you never know. You have to test these things. <laughs> that si- wait, wait a second. Are you seeing that on the on the on the cosmo- cosmological scanner? What the sonar? Yeah. Yeah, the, the space sonar. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what it is, right? Some of these, some of these kinds of rewards is at a, an alarming rate, Tim. Oh my God! God, is this some kind of comet? <laughs> oh, it looks massive, does it? Oh God, Tim, press press the big big red button. Okay, I'm pressing it now. New door alert! <gasps> New door alert! Everybody, uh, uh, take cover or something. Everybody look at your hands. This is the safety dance. A new door is rapidly hurtling towards the space station, (gasps) taking evasive action. Okay, activate thrusters, James. Tim, what is this thing? Um, it's NPC Beats, buddy. As in... Do you want to know something interesting about it? Uh, as in Akai MPC. Akai MPC, Music Production Computer, I okay. believe it actually stands for. Tell me something about it. It's free, baby. It's a free door, new free door. Another free door, this time from Akai, the makers of the MPC. Well, what do we got? What does it do? Um, well, it uh, hosts all your favourite plugins and stuff like that, and it does MIDI and audio, including slicing, as you'd flip in hope from an uh-huh. MPC uh, product. And uh, also... If you want a load, it comes with loads of sounds, but if you want yet more sounds, you can buy them directly from Akai uh, and thus giving them some sort of income from this uh, business venture. Okay, do you think, I mean, I don't want to sound like an embittered cynic here, Tim. <laughs> well, you, I'm sure you won't. Carry on. Do you think maybe the uh, buying of sounds within the door is the reason they did this? Um, I don't think that would be too crazy to say. And I think that's fair enough. I mean, if you can get a free door out of something, and, you know, they're not going to put a flipping uh, cannon to your head mm. and say you must buy and they're only ten dollars as well so even if they were putting a cannon to your head it wouldn't be that bad yes yes oh worse things have happened and just happened to all those birds mm-hmm, mm-hmm. i mean okay so it seems to be a relatively fully featured door with midi and everything like that we've got plugins we've got vst and au uh hosting inside it mm-hmm. it seems decent uh you know you can use all it your favorite nice. stuff what's the catch I mean, um, is it? I mean, I, it must be hard to make a completely fully featured door from the start. I don't know. It seems a lot of effort to go to to flog some ten dollars sample packs, buddy. I imagine they could probably also push people onto their MIDI controllers as well. Well, the thing is, it like obviously they want you to use their MIDI controllers, but um, it also includes a kind of uh, like preset uh, mappings for. MIDI controllers from other manufacturers. I mean, what we did uh, see in a video when we watched it was that it did seem to start up by telling you to plug a MIDI controller in. Mm-hmm. I mean, it kind of looked mandatory, but surely that can't be the case. Uh, probably not. I'm sure you can, like, uh, just... I didn't see a skip button, but, you know, whatever. I mean, did you see anyone using audio in it, or is it just MIDI door? Um, oh, I think it, it's MIDI as well. They had, they had it running Serum, so, you know, there, there's no way... Like... The Akai MPC is a MIDI instrument, you know, yeah. so... You'd there's... imagine that you can drag actual audio files into the timeline, right? Yeah, 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 it looked uh, like all that. Mm-hmm. It looks mate, it looks like a proper MIDI slash audio DAW meme. Yeah, it, it looks the part. Uh, I'm wondering what it doesn't have, because, you know, first uh, version of a door has got to be lacking in something, surely. I'm, uh, You know, it's not going to be quite as good for, let's say you're a mastering engineer, you're not going to use it, but... 
it looks pretty comprehensive. Um, yeah. It's got, mm. includes over 80 audio effects plugins, mate, as yeah, well. That's one of the things I saw. It's got a load of plugins okay. and instruments from uh, Air Music Tech, I believe. Oh, yeah, I like Air Music Tech. Do you want to know a limitation, James? Uh, tell me. Um, it says here, you can even record instruments or vocals with two stereo audio tracks to add live elements to your music. So I don't think you're going to be tracking uh, mm. a drum kit with okay. this. Okay, two stereo audio tracks. Eh. Does that mean you can also make four mono audio tracks? <laughs> Mate, I don't know why you're asking me, if uh, I literally discovered the existence of this thing. Uh, okay, well, I mean, look, it's always nice. I think they're aiming this at uh, people who are very new to music production. Mm-hmm. And they want um, they want to grab some newbies. Yeah, grab them by the by the newbies. <laughs> and uh, before uh, people like Ableton and uh, Logic get their hands on them. That's a good point, mate. I think. Yeah, I mean, it does seem pretty fully featured. <clears throat> it's got inserts. It's got automation. It's got uh, slicey things. It's got like a virtual NPC in it with pads that you can, I guess, play with your MIDI instruments. Yeah. Now, obviously. People like you and I are already very much stuck in the traditional door mindset, and probably almost every one of our listeners is as well. Mm. So, like, what what could be in it for us? Like, what to do some NPC in? What uh, I don't. I mean, I would imagine if you've already got like a you know professional DAW. Mm. There's not going to be an enormous amount here. I mean, unless you want something like you can put on a laptop without having some kind of flipping e-license or something like that. But most doors don't even require that these days anyway. You yeah, know? maybe they'll end up integrating this with like future uh, hardware that they have. I mean, the okay, experienced veteran pros like ourselves aside, this does seem to be a tempting option for your newbie. Because, I mean, you've got Reaper, but that's not really free. And mm-hmm. it's kind of pretty professional. You know, it's it's not like it doesn't pander to babies. Um, you've got BandLab, the online DAW, um, which is, you know, runs in a flipping browser. So it's obviously, you know, you can't run BSTs. It's a lot less powerful than this in those terms. Yep. So it seems like they have got a little bit of a niche. I mean, I can't really think of any other... Any other free DAW competition? What there is, thoughts? speaking of browser and VSTs, there is a browser-based door called Amp Studio, which uh, can now host VSTs. <clears throat> so that the technology is coming for stuff like that to Does do it read stuff them off like your that. hard drive, is it? I believe so. I don't think it's hosting them in the cloud or anything. No, but, weird. Um, yeah, so it basically lets your browser access parts of your hard drive when you think about it. Mm-hmm. Um, so you, maybe that stuff is coming, but there are plenty of free options these days, it seems, if you've uh, got Universal Audio stuff, you can use their thing. Behringer are going to eventually come out with their free door. However yeah, that's mate, that's the big one, isn't it? I reckon this is sort of going to end up being uh, geared around a sort of NPC ecosystem with their little controllers and their massive sort of hardware workstations. Um, and you might end up seeing this thing run natively in a MPC, which is also a computer. Is that oh, insane wow. to say? I don't think that's too crazy insane to say. I mean, I feel like the direct competition for this is really FL Studio. Mm. Like pirating FL Studio specifically. Okay. Do you know what I mean? I think that's fair. But yeah, I think you'd have to do a lot to get uh, experienced producers who already have a door that they use to use this. So I think they'll be starting from scratch in many ways. 
Did, am I mentioning it, or did Serato also come out with a free door recently? Uh, they did. We didn't talk about <laughs> oh it. Oh my god! Right. We didn't talk about it, but I think I can't remember what the limitations were of that. But it all seems to be coming out. Um, it's all vinyl controlled. You control it with a single turntable. <laughs> every function in the software. You have to literally uh, hook up a load of fake tape machines. You have to scratch it up wild style to like press Control Z. Yeah, it's it's weird. I mean, what this actually reminds me of a bit more is uh, machine software. Uh, yes, because you know that's you you have okay, a hardware box point. and you have a software version which you're controlling with a hardware box. That's why MPC hardware comes to mind. When I see this, um, I do know a lot of people love Machina, but I would suggest it's not the like beginner friendliest software around. Yeah. Maybe this can steal a bit of its thunder by being real simple, especially if it's going for the live market, which it's not, by the way. Like, it's not really made itself out to be great for live performance. Well, no, but... I don't. I mean, I, I think MPCs are kind of viewed as beat making tools. Do you know oh. what I mean? You make your beat. You give it to your uh, friend who's a rapper, and he will do the rapping over it. How dare you? I've no friend who are rappers. <laughs> it's because you're not cool, James, isn't it? <laughs> oh, <laughs> hey, you're pretty cool. Don't worry about it, mate. My mum says I'm cool. <laughs> and actually, my mum told me she thought you were kind of lame. Aww. She she told me she doesn't like the podcast as well. So Aww. I know, really sorry, 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 Mrs. Russell. Do you remember, Timmy, uh, a while ago we looked at a synth, a forthcoming synth called Plasmonic by the creator of Absinthe. <laughs> oh, yeah, right. Um, and it had like a weird red interface, was it? Uh, I can't remember. It's a podcast, so you can't see the interface. <laughs> well, I can see with my own eyes. I think, did I install it or is it something? I think you may have installed the beta. Well, let's have a, let's have a look. Let's say never played with it again. No, I think, I, I think I've got one of the, one of the sounds I made in my uh, library presets. What's it called? Plasmonic with an S. Plas. No, I don't think, okay. I think that's something else I'm thinking of. You don't got it. Anyway, I don't got it, no. There is a new video out, basically, um, charting the development. Oh, I remember this thing. It reminds me of a Deus Ex video. Games. Yeah, there you go. So they, they've sort of just sent a behind-the-scenes video of uh, how this thing is coming along, and there's uh, a bit of a play about with it. I wanted to... I, I, I like the idea of following this synth through its development, and because uh, I think people are going to like it, and uh, I think we should have a look at it. Okay, we're going to watch this video. Yeah. Oh, it's four minutes long. Do we have to watch the whole thing? No. Nope. Okay, good. Oh, it sounds like a human didgeridoo. I remember that it sounded very uh, real and organic. That Rolly in the still shot could do with a bit of a dust. And I say that as someone who's got very dusty kit everywhere. You, you are a very dusty man. I'm a crusty guy. <laughs> now it's this sort of noise. Is the future of uh, music, am I right? Yeah, um, it sounds a lot like a sort of David Guetta EDM synth solo, all one note. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, he's using the Seaboard MPE thing, so he's moving his, waggling his fingers around the keys and moving them up and down as well as left and right to uh, make things happen. I mean, it sounds nice, and it's the sort of music that you can imagine taking psychedelic drugs to. I just can't ever imagine using a Rolly. Do you know what I mean, bro? No, I think we might have to talk about Rolly one day when they smash out of business. 
very optimistic of you there. Let's hear the other patch. Oh. Is it the same patch? More clanging noises. But, I mean, the synth itself is sounding fairly convincing. I like it still. What is it convincing you, mate? It's, it's, uh, it has more of the behaviour of a realistic instrument rather than just a triangle, square, saw, sign sort of instrument. I guess. I mean, this this absinthe guy seems to really like resonance. Do you know what I'm saying? <laughs> you don't have to smash the resonance up fully. Oh, I mean, like, stuff like emulating pipes and stuff like that. Do you know what I mean? Oh, you mean resonant bodies. Resonant bodies, mate. He's put his rolly on a mouse mat and it's moving (laughs) slightly when he plays it, which is really upsetting. Well, so if he didn't have the mouse mat, it'd be all over the shop. No, it would... Maybe. Why would he put it on a mouse mat? His desk looks really smooth, actually. He's got one of those curved screen stands. Good for office golf. Hmm. Do you know what, James? I'm going to do a tangent after you finish talking about this. So I hope you're ready for that. I think you should do it now. Um, ambient music, mate. It's yeah. back. Uh, ambient yeah. music is the new hotness right now. Yeah, but what, because of uh, because of everyone staying at home and trying to chill out. Yes, but also um, I think I think it's an interesting time for the ambient scene. Um, like things seem to you know I seem to be hearing some exciting new bits. Um, let me look up this. Uh, this uh, album from this guy that I heard that was uh, pretty cool. Also, in terms of old school ambient, uh, Global Communication have just put an uh, an EP out. That's Tom Middleton ah. and uh, Mark Pritchard, um, and it's got a new mix of one of their old tracks, some old demos, and old bits and bobs. That's wicked. And also, um, Higher Intelligence Agency and Peter Namluk have released a new album, reissued the old album. So this is a great time to be an ambient fan. And this uh, album that I heard that I liked, which was drone music, which I rather enjoyed, uh, is Music for Artificial Island in 1989. you got to get the year in there. Just, well, yeah, just... this is this is a contemporary album, but it's it's based on an artificial island in 1989. So you know you really know what you're getting. Yeah. And this is by Hirotaka Shiro Tsubaki. And it I only costs that right. a thousand yen, yen clans. Yeah, I know, mate. Like, what's, <laughs> what's a yen worth? Um, <laughs> I think that means it's like 250. Oh, okay. Oh, that's cool. I think I think that's going to be like a tenner, but I have no idea. Um, I had a bit of a list of that. I'm not a massive fan of drones, but this album I quite liked. So uh, check it out. If we're talking ambient, Tim, yeah. uh, I wanted to give you the opportunity to put a couple of links to a couple of your favourite ambient playlists on Spotify in the show notes for this episode. Oh, absolutely wicked. Well, I've got one of my, I mean, I make my own ambient playlists, James. So yeah, do you, you know do. what? I'm going to whack them all up there for you guys. Is, is it the uh, Blue Mars, Green Mars and whatnot? And Red Mars, yeah. Um, they the idea. I nicked the idea because like uh, my little brother used to mention these uh, ambient internet radio stations. I think one was called Blue, Blue Mars. Um, so yeah and it's uh yeah and so it's different different vibes of different uh different ambiences buddy cool. so, well yeah. you can check out tim's links to his three playlists in spotify playlists in the show notes and i am going to put one of mine on oh uh, which is one called focus tones which is basically mm. instead of individual songs it's uh whole albums 
Mm. And it's not massive at the moment. It's just got 82... Uh, That's pretty big, right? 82 tracks. But because I just add album by album by album... Oh, okay, okay. It's like, that That doesn't mean much. It's got stuff like... Uh, it's got some classical stuff. And it's got music for 18 musicians on there. Oh, love it. It's got rival consoles. Brian, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Brian cool. Eno. Um, Stars of the Lid. Do you know them? <laughs> no. Uh, Keep you, away from my lid. <laughs> you might soon. Uh, and I nicked uh, some Steve Housechild from your Blue Mars playlist because that that got me i can't remember who that is but well done well there you go so uh check those out in the show notes at a4ppodcast.com people nice i mean i would say that um my my taste in ambient tends to lead towards more like intelligent melodic techno ambient dub ambient house what would you say your vibe is it's a bit more beard strokey kind of uh it's compositional a, shit a bit more repeating tones kind nice, of thing nice um and yeah there's a bit of classically stuff in there oh also i want to say um i had to listen to the flipping minecraft music on spotify uh-huh. uh yesterday and uh there's a track on there that's wicked live mice i think it's called um it must be some kind of dead mouse joke that i don't get right but uh yeah that's that's really good as well so i'm down i'm down with all the 11 uh, year old boys and girls gotta love it mm-hmm Okay, last week one of our clams wanted us to uh, look at everynoise.com and I thought we didn't have any time, but I think we should do it now. Okay, everynoise. Everynoise.com. This oh, is, God, this thing. Yeah, right. This is all the genres, apparently, uh, <laughs> mapped out uh, uh, on a web page. Uh, what sort of genres do you see here? I see um, Russian D&B, uh-huh. Dutch House, Deep Progressive Trance, Moombaton rag oh no Moombaton and Ragga Jungle are separate thank god Swiss atmospheric house. D&B of course right next to girl groups which is a bit weird there's of course Nitsanot Japanese progressive house uh, uh, Munich electronic Guaracha um, Commodore 64 I don't think that's really a genre buddy but uh, whatever uh, Beach House I, I think that's an actual thing that is an actual thing that, that's yeah. a unit of property yeah 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 South, <laughs> I think they're going for quite a lot these days South African Punk and Belarusian Pop mm-hmm. Gothenburg Metal Future Funk is that really a thing how about some Dangdut Coplo I don't know what that is. That doesn't sound like English. You can actually click on um, some of these things and uh, listen to a sample. Well, I was on this website before you actually brought it up last time, and I remember being uh, dissatisfied with some of the things. Is it right okay. if I click some stuff? Yeah, yeah. Go ahead and click some stuff. I'm going to click atmospheric D&B first, how obviously. Many, how many fucking genres are on this? It's oh, scrolled right down. It's coming up with the song it's going to be. It's going to be uh, Atlantis, I Need You by LTJ Bookham. It's... Actually, really by Apollo 2, and it's the LTJ book and remix that everyone plays. Um, Let's have a little bit of this, because it's banging. I love this tune. Yes. Okay, that gets a 10 out of 10 for accuracy for me. Should we click on uh, some more? Something else that you know or don't know. Um, Let's do some more stuff that I know, uh, that I can judge, and then we'll go in some stuff that I don't know. I'm going to try drum funk now as well. That's definitely not drum funk. Seba, Shades of Me and You. No, Seba does do drum funk. That is not a drum funk tune. Um, drum and bass. Just the cheesiest drum and bass you can imagine. Uh, happy Hardcore. Okay, this is like Euro Happy Hardcore, I guess. So, yeah, not really what I... Not not the UK Happy Hardcore I'd like to hear. Oh, 
Incredible by M beat for Jungle. I mean, I guess you can't really argue with that. Okay, so it seems. Do you, you want to go down to some of the more uh, weird stuff? Yeah. Oh, let's have some Nightcore, baby. Of course. Okay, I thought. I thought most Nightcore stuff is like stuff that's been sampled and just pitched up, basically. I don't know if that was the original track or not. What about Mongolian hip-hop, fella? Oh, yeah, you know I love it. What's your favourite? I mean, this is a decent uh, representation of Mongolian hip-hop. This doesn't sound like hip-hop to me. I mean, I'm not a Mongolian <laughs> hip-hop expert. What about the new wave of glam metal? Please. Glam metal? Uh, it sounds like hair metal. Well, it to sounds me. like the new wave of glam oh, metal. Okay. I think that's the point. Well, it's pretty new. What about social media pop? How about that? It's just pop music. It's shit you put behind a TikTok video, isn't it? Yeah, is this Billie Eilish? I don't, I don't know. know. We don't. We're too old for that. Um, Polynesian pop? Please. Oh, chilled. Oh my god, there's so many. Rap Cristiano? Oh, please, yeah. Oh. Ooh. Okay, I'm seeing medieval rock, James. Oh, yeah, I think please. that's a good. Uh... Oh, yeah. So this sounds a bit like. Um... I must have played that punk group who do like pirate songs to you. No, no. Oh man, I bet I have. Yeah, they're they're pretty uh, pretty weird. Can you do a command F and find some crazy hit words like pirate? Yeah, pirate. Let's do it. Pirate. It's just called pirate. This genre. <laughs> oh yeah. What would this be? A shanty. This is uh, the Flying Dutchman by the Jolly Rogers. What? What else? What random stuff? What about robots? Yeah, robot. No robots. No. Um. Uh, I've run out of ideas. Pirates and robots are the only things I know. Zombie. What does it have for math rock? Oh. Dutchman and its rings that fills her sails. Oh, there's math rock, Latino Americano, or just instrumental math rock. Oh, I, I, I need some others. caffeine. Give me a math rock Latin Americano. Delicious. That's pretty weird. Yeah. Let's see what other math rock stuff it's got. Brit hey, who's representing British math rock? This is a waltz. Well, that's no. the thing. You've got to have a funny, funny oh, time like signature it. for your math rock. So who are these guys we are listening to now? It's the three, it's three trap tigers. And this okay. is at five. I can deal with that. I like it. Just straight up. Let's have straight up math rock. Have you heard Cron, by the way? I think you've. I might have mentioned them before. Them. There's a few. There's a few. Few math rock people I don't mind. I can get with a lot of this. Now oh, you like this stuff, do you? Yeah. It's because it's pretentious, James. That's yes. what you like pretension. I totally. Understand. I like something that no one else can oh, grasp. Let's have some South African gospel, buddy. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, mate. Now, this is the sort of music you want to hear when you open up in Carter 95. Do you know what I'm saying, mate? <laughs> Absolutely. Oh, Disney Espanol, buddy. 
Oh, that sounds like we're going to get a copyright strike for this Spanish version of A Whole New World. <laughs> I think we're going to get a million of them. Slowcore, how about this? These guys aren't going to sue us, they're chilled. <laughs> they, they won't get around to it. That's just a cover of Golden Brown. Oh, it is. Well, they're going to get sued themselves. Well, you're allowed to do covers. I don't really understand how uh, rights work in music. Um, what else are you in the mood for, buddy? Uh, I think you should scroll right down to the bottom because there's some weird things down here. There's so many genres in here. It's yeah, crazy. This makes me want to give up music forever because how could you possibly compete? Well, I see you've got to pick one and uh, just go, just ride it uh, hard. Let's have some... Just... Nope. Kirg is positional. Yeah. Like Kyrgyzstan. I guess so. This is lo-fi. There's one called Bothy Ballad. Can you find that? What, isn't a Bothy a room for, like, shepherds or whatever? Oh, fuck it, Al. Here we go. <laughs> God, bring out the accords. Oh, do you know what, actually? Hang on. Um, <laughs> Come by. Uh, I like the meat. <laughs> fuck this, basically. How dare you, You James? really hate this. I'm going to have to. Yeah, what man. is it about this that you really hate? I mean, I don't like it. But what I is just, it about it that really I, gets to you? I think white folk music is just fucking trash. It's one basically. of the things. It's one of the things I dislike the most. I think. Really? Yeah. Oh, I'm glad. I'm glad we're on on board with that. I'm gonna tell you, James. I really a type of music I like that's got <laughs> accordions in it is Zydeco, right? Okay. Can Which you is, find that? Um, it's in. I've already found it, okay. and um, it started out as kind of like folk music. But like, I bought some stuff like a few years ago that was just like. It crossed with R and B or whatever, so it's just like really jazzy and with like fucking accordion jazz solos. And that up. is that is spelled Z Y D E C O. Yeah. Now I don't know who this is going to be. If this is going to be traditional or kind of new jack <laughs> oh, Zydeco, you, you got to have the traditional Zydeco. I don't really like the traditional Zydeco. Let's see what it does. Oh no, this is a bit country for my taste. No, no, this is definitely not what I'm into. Um. I'm just searching it for swear words. How about some horror synth? Uh, please. Oh. Oh, it's the Nightmare from Elm Street theme or Close enough. Yeah, terrifying, right? What's V-pop? Eh. It's like v Vietnamese pop music. Epicore. What's this? Oh, is this epic hardcore metal? Yeah. Boston rock. Oh, that's pretty chill. I can do that. Okay, James, I feel like we've looked at a lot of these now. I think we've looked, looked at at least 80% of all the genres. <laughs> well, no, there's millions on here, well, man. According to the little spiel at the bottom, it's uh, uh, tracked and analysed for 4,605 wow. genre-shaped distinctions by Spotify. Mm. Uh, I don't know if they're in with Spotify or what. So the the cali okay, it says the calibration is fuzzy, but in general, down is more organic, up is more mechanical and electric, left is denser and more atmospheric, and right is spikier and bouncier. Okay, so at the bottom, so the least sort of uh, technical, the most organic, we've got vintage classical singing. Let Shall me listen there, yeah. Oh, it's uh, recorded on no. a flipping wax cylinder as well. No, that is vintage. 
crap music, basically. But at the top, <laughs> most technical, of course, it's Latin Tech House. <laughs> also shit. <laughs> what is the right-hand one? Um, so the right hand is spikier. German literature, I so let's, see. Should we find the most right-handed? Yeah. German literature. Yeah, great. They're always yeah, the most right. Mate, I get down to this one. This is a banger, man. Via, via. Mate, this comes on my Spotify, mate. I instantly want to jump on my decks. Um, and should we find the most... <laughs> Leftmost is just water. That's not a genre. Piss off. It's on Spotify, baby. What about? Uh, would you like a nice dronescape? Yes. That's music. Mm. At least musical. What about oh, New Age? I really want some New Age. Yes. Oh, oh I'm feeling centred. This, this, this is all you need. Why don't you just listen to this all the time and then you will be centred? It's basically just like listening to pads. So I'm pretty into it. Okay, so in summation... What is your favourite sort of music, James? Uh, <laughs> um, e Egyptian traditional? Or uh, maybe space age pop? I'm a bit of a Danish jazz guy at the best of times. <laughs> oh, wow, okay. All I like is experimental poetry. Uh, that uh, was all thanks to James Green on Patreon. Uh, thank you for the suggestion. It was a good idea. I hope that was funny as fuck. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if it was. <laughs> um, but it's, yeah, what's the website again? Should we uh, give people another shout out? Yeah, it's uh, patreon.com slash A4P podcast. Yeah, give us some money. But also, uh, this is everynoise.com if you want to listen to some weird old music, baby. Lovely stuff. Link in the show notes, A4Ppodcast.com. Goodbye. Oh, is that it? Okay. See you later. Tim, whenever I uh, mention a new chip synth to you, you end up saying that you all you want is a Commodore 64 emulation. Hell yeah, baby. Well, Long live the Sid. You got one now from Impact Soundworks, which has released Insidious. Huh? You get it? You get it? <laughs> yeah, you get it's it? got Sid in there. Yeah. Uh, a virtual Sid synthesizer. Mm. Have you checked this out? Uh, yeah, I watched a bit of a video. It sure did sound like a Commodore 64. I mean, I haven't actually listened to a legit Commodore 64 for decades <laughs> so um i don't know if i was that much of a uh you know reliable judge of it so impact soundworks say can you scroll up a sec that uh, it was created by mike clark a veteran game audio designer and seared expert i'm not i haven't really heard of mike clark is it right if i do a bit of googling buddy uh, yeah uh yes mike clark is uh, a guy who worked for Psygnosis, which is an old video game developer. Are you aware of them, James? Uh, no. Well, they did Flippin' Lemmings, mate. Ah. Sometimes, because I am a sexy, sexy boy, sometimes I wear a Psygnosis t-shirt, which <laughs> the ladies adore. Uh, yep. So he did uh, some of his uh, best-known music is Last Ninja 2 on the Amiga and Lemmings 2 on the SNES. So, uh, yeah. I mean, he's not one of the super big names. There have been some big name endorsements of insidious large names such as rob hubbard and martin galway oh and yep. chris i can't say his name Hulsbeck. um but yeah they all made a bang in commodore 64 tunes which were like um especially rob hubbard particularly for me was like really my introduction to music basically it was the first first time i was like hey this tune sounds pretty good so they so, yeah. they say that all behaviors of the sid are carefully and precisely emulated and um also, you can bend the chip beyond its original limitations, Ooh. 
with additional tweaking options. This is a Reactor 6 player instrument, mm. which is also NKS compatible, which is cool. That is cool. Actually, uh, I did see that, yeah. With 350 uh, snapshots, i.e. presets. Shall we listen to some of the SoundCloud thingies? Hell yeah. Let's, um, shall we just dive in, yeah. basically? It sounds like this. Sounds like Barbara O'Reilly. <laughs> nice little arpeggiators there. I mean, this doesn't... That little plucky thing doesn't sound sounds slightly anachronistic. It doesn't sound like something you'd really get out of Commodore 64, but the other stuff is... Right. Sounds less, less crazy. Oh, they've got a bit of Turrican. Can we listen to some Turrican, please? Do it. Oh, that sounds flipping lovely. Yeah, I mean... <laughs> yeah, obviously I'm prejudiced towards this because I love a bit of Turrican. Uh, I'm a, you know, I'm a Gen X dude or whatever. Yeah, this sounds pretty lovely, James. What do you reckon? I mean, you're not a Commodore 64 expert. I'm, I'm not. I did have a Commodore 64. At least my brother and sister did. Oh, really? Did. Oh, well, welcome to the family, son. Yeah, yeah well, I, I played a lot of Dizzy. Yes, um, mate. Love Dizzy. We had, uh, what did we have? Bubble Bobble. Oh, I love, mate, that was one of my all-time faves. There was yeah. uh, this game called Chucky Egg. Oh, fantastic. And yeah. uh, my personal favourite when I was like three or four years old was the Postman Pat game. Right. Where uh, there's a story my brother tells where um, he started me off on the Postman Pat game and uh, I was on the first screen uh, driving the truck around and he went off, came back half an hour later and I was still on the first screen <laughs> <laughs> driving uh, Pat's van uh, around the first screen. Well, you see, that's very much what video games are about now days just spending an enormous amount of time not really doing anything so, yeah, uh, yeah that's watching cool. watching hour-long cutscenes and yeah yeah well and like you know just making bars go up basically in the same area oh they've got some last ninja too james i'm Do gonna it. have to i'm gonna have to hit it oh this was a yes mate fantastic music from just three voices buddy and they're only using two of them right now. <laughs> I can't wait to hear what their third the is The third going one's going to blow your socks off. Is it drums? No. Oh. They, it does have drums later. It's a pretty it's pretty sophisticated chip, considering it came out when? Well, this was like... I mean, the Commodore 64 like, was like 82 or 83, I believe it came out. I'm already sure. Was it an FM-based or phase No, phase thing? buddy. This is analog as you like, baby. And it does it does a bit of pulse width modulation. like Stuff like high-pass filtering and stuff as well. So it's it's pretty sophisticated. Yeah. I mean, I am just going to double-check that it's uh, analog. Because I don't really know anything. <laughs> It combines analog and digital circuitry. There you go. Hybrid, baby. The best. So what do you think about that, James Aruni? I like it. I mean, you know, I'm... time to get some orchestral romplers and... Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah, smash right. Smash these two together. Yeah, definitely. How about an orchestral version of uh, Last Ninja Wastelands? In fact, I never had Last Ninja 1, but I always thought it was looked cool. Oh, have they got that flipping... Uh... Way of the Exploding Fist 2 song. That was a bit of a banger. Oh, no, they don't on this one. Um, do you like the sound of the SID chip, James? I do, actually, yeah. I mean, it might just be the nostalgia factor for me, with, especially with the... What would you call this sort of uh, chordy things with the really oh, quick... Oh, yeah, just like the fast arps. Yeah. Um, I don't know if they, they really don't have a name for them, I don't think. Fast arps, should we call them, yeah, basically, they, in they case no one's... Uh... Remind me of my childhood. Absolutely, definitely. And I think, I think that's the reason why a lot of... Uh, 
that you hear that in music now. I mean, at the time, sounding like music, sounding like a video game was deeply uncool, whereas now it's really become part of our, the lingua franca of music, James. So what, what are you music? thinking about Insidious, the reactor instrument? Uh, is, is it going to appeal to you? Are you actually going to get anything? Are you actually going to do anything with it? Or is just a, a bit of a curio for you at this time? Well, the sort of music I make really doesn't sound anything like this at all. So I cannot imagine that I will be investigating this much. I mean, I'd, I'd like to investigate it um, just to get a better idea of what was what the SID chip was capable of. Yeah. Um, because, I mean, I used some of those freeware plugins back in the day. I don't know if you remember, back in the noughties, there were a lot of synth edit C64 emulations, and I can't really remember much about them apart from them. They sounded fine. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'd, I'd play with this if I got a freebie, just out of interest. But no, not not a sort of uh, musical thing for me. I mean, uh, are you gonna get this for your uh, orchestral chip tune uh, masterpiece? Uh, I think I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with some kind of um, more NES like eight bit. Uh, Mate, it's the same sort of. I mean, the, the NES and the C64 were pretty similar, as is my understanding. Yeah, well, I I think I need a plug-in. Need a plug-in, man. Yeah, I mean. I think it's pretty cool, and it's nice that it's a reactor player thing as well. So if you buy it, you don't have to buy reactor; you can just use the player. Yeah, it's and nice. it's on it's on a clam sale as well. What is the price? Oh, actually, by the time this goes out, oh no, it will. It'll it's through through end July. It's a mere forty nine US clams. Then it goes up to. 64 US clams. Oh, Do you see what they've gosh. done there, James? Yeah, $15 off. I see what they're doing. Uh, uh, yes, but it's six, 64. Okay. Yeah, well, it's 64. It's nearly 69 clams. I get it. I get yeah. it. <laughs> they yeah. wanted to set it at 69, but they wanted to have a little joke with you. It's not 69. It's um, Yeah, that I like that joke. Also, instead of 350 snapshots, why not do a little bit more work? 420 snapshots. You know what I'm saying, guys? It's like, <laughs> it's, this stuff isn't hard. You know what I mean? <laughs> All you ever wanted. Yeah, exactly. Cool. Well, it's nice to see um, the 64 and the SID chip getting a bit of love, mate. So I'm definitely on board with this. That is Insidious from Impact Soundworks. Right, some boring shit for you. Back in episode number eight of Appetite for Production. Well, that was ages ago. Yeah, we reported on <laughs> the uh, potential fines to uh, Roland, Korg and others for price fixing in the UK. Oh, Woo! nice one, guys. Back Thanks. then, uh, it was so boring that we... Uh, <laughs> We decided to, uh, instead of saying the CMA, the Competition and Markets Authority, we decided to say Bruce Willis. Um, <laughs> so Bruce Willis has now fined Korg, Gak, Roland and others for oh. price fixing. Oh, wow. Uh, Casio and Fender also have been fined, uh, fined heavily. Roland, four million. Wow. Korg, one and a half million. Mm. It's a lot. Um, Is it a lot to these companies? I mean, we don't really know about the big numbers, do we? No, but uh, considering how much they would have made by doing what they did, well, yeah, it, right, right. it's got to be more than enough. Who so, no, I don't know, really? Is it? To take this, to, to, to explain this properly, as unboringly as possible. Mm. Uh, basically, there's a UK law that says you can't, if you're if you make a thing, you can't tell the shop who sells that thing that they can't discount really? it. You can't tell them that they can't discount it. Okay. So, in other words, this synth I've made, it's uh, I want you to sell it for 300 clams, but 
you're not allowed to sell that for 290 clams. You have to sell it 300 clams an app. You're not allowed to say that. Can I ask a question at this juncture? Yeah. What about like stuff like Apple? Because that seems to be a uniform price everywhere. That should count. Okay. Like I think if someone else is selling an Apple thing, they can sell it for whatever they want. They probably buy it off Apple for quite a hefty price yeah, anyway. So much money off it yeah, anyway, if yeah, they're going to discount it, then they're not going to get anything. And yeah, there there is a sort of practical minimum price you can charge for something like that because you know you've got to buy it from the manufacturer as you sell it. So unless you want to lose a load of money by getting people through the door, you're not going to discount it that much. Mm. But this whole thing is about these companies. Sure. Acting in a, sort of in a conspiratorial so this, this, way. This is why I never buy synths, basically, is it? Uh, I don't know. I don't. I wonder how much the things would have actually sort of cost if people were allowed to do this. And so, okay, they've um, they've come along. Bruce Willis has explained some of the fines a bit more in depth. So mm-hmm. let's talk about Korg, for example. Okay. Um, they released some more details, and they said. Between June 2015, April 2018, I'm reading the Music Radar story here, which is probably probably informed by the CMA, sorry, by Bruce Willis's <laughs> original statements. Mm-hmm. Uh, Korg set minimum prices for its electronic music equipment and told resellers not to sell below these prices. They explained the lengths that Korg went to to ensure that resellers complied. Um, well, like an ED209 style... Uh automated copper that sort of thing cork uk considered closing resellers accounts temporarily restricting access to a popular product range and uh, withholding financial support whatever that was wow uh it's claimed that cork used price monitoring software um to monitor what the prices were doing online and that cork was well aware that what it was doing was against the law <laughs> and uh were hiding it uh staff- <laughs> Staff used increasingly secure encrypted communication platforms and tried to stop using direct language when writing about Korg's policy. Um, so the uh, the cream pies uh, have uh, cooled on the shelf significantly, James. Yes, you know what I'm saying? you should uh, warm those cream pies back up <laughs> to about $349. <laughs> what, degrees? Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, it's CMA, sorry, Bruce Willis says... <laughs> this is pretty funny. Bruce... <laughs> Bruce Willis says, we find Korg 1.5 million UK clans for breaking the law. The fine was increased because senior management was involved. Oh, those oh. senior managers. Oh, well, yeah, it's not the flipping frontline troops doing it, is it? You know what I'm saying? And because the illegal behaviour was considered to be intentional, staff even knew what they were doing was against the law and sought to hide it. Let's talk about Roland, Tim. Four million. First, can I say... It's pretty shit when you work at a company and uh, you feel compelled to break the law or you might lose your job. I think that's a real problem with capitalism, baby. But uh, you know my feelings on that. Roland. Roland were fined four million for similar offences. Wowzers. Uh, Bruce Willis says between the 7th of Jan 2011 and uh, 17th of April Mm. 2018, uh, Roland set minimum prices for its electronic drum kits, related components and accessories and told resellers not to sell below these prices. Mm. Price monitoring software again. Uh, Roland threatened and sometimes applied sanctions against those who advertised and sold at lower prices. Naughty boys! They are naughty boys. Uh, the report, Slap on the wrist. The report goes on to say many resellers knew that 
Roland's pricing policy meant that they may be in breach of competition law. Despite knowing that what they were doing was wrong, Roland continued to enforce RPM and mm. took various measures to hide its wrongdoing. Hmm? Tut. For example, Roland's staff at times avoided creating written records and stated in an internal document... Uh, admin reiterate delete all text messages slash emails no more emails re price look the thing is if you keep that message <laughs> delete all the others I bet <laughs> no I bet someone screenshotted it oh okay some yeah, hero yeah, yeah. some Edward Snowden I, of Roland do you know what I've got a lot of respect for whistleblowers basically so uh, big up yourself if you're a whistleblower mm-hmm yeah and similar things have been handed down to companies including uh, GAC Casio Fender um yeah, it's basically a lot of naughtiness. Um, mm. Can you imagine the cut price synths the world could have enjoyed? Mate, well, the thing is, I wouldn't be able to afford a synth even with a marginal discount. So, I mean, this doesn't really mean a lot to me. I mean, it's disappointing these guys are being so naughty, but like... I mean, it just seems like all companies are awful these days, James. What do you reckon? Uh, I can agree with that. I was I was checking out. I was asking a few people what if it means anything at all to plugin resellers. Um, you know, you get a lot of sites. Oh that yeah, right. Sell plugins, but I think I think because it's a digital good, and the reseller doesn't buy the thing from the original oh, developer okay. first then they can agree prices. But maybe in theory they can put it down a bit. But I don't know. I think uh, the situation is a bit more fluid when you're dealing with software. Um, maybe not. Maybe this, will, <laughs> maybe this will open the door to a load of people to sell a load of top quality stuff for very cheap. I mean, this should be this should be aggravating for basically three out of four quadrants of the political compass or whatever. Because if you if you are a free market capitalist or whatever, and you really believe in the power of the free market, well, this is fucking you up as well as much as if you're a lefty, basically. So yeah, this this seems like bad it's bad yeah. news generally. What is the what is the only quadrant? Is it some kind of autocratic? Uh... Yeah, no. Okay, yeah, no. This will anger everyone apart from uh, yeah the bottom. Uh, Right quadrant, apart who would from, just like do whatever you want, basically. Apart from Gandhi and Hitler. Yeah, yeah that's right, yeah. Tim, uh, we've had many full and frank discussions over the last months about clipping. Yeah, wicked. Clipping! Bring it on. Yay, clipping, let's do it. So I, you know, we've talked a lot about clipping, and I uh, decided to set up a review roundup uh, for me to do uh, with several clippers and were they all completely identical uh well i haven't done it yet that's oh, why I've, okay. I've wanted to talk to you before i get the clippers uh going okay uh to, to get your opinion on the test conditions i should set up oh god i guess like a sort of ready-ish to be mastered track i guess i what... mean you could you could just like tr see what happens with some flipping sine waves buddy True, true. Um, there's, there's you want to get you know a bit more technical with it. There's a few good ones I've got lined up. Uh, SIR Audio Tools Standard Clip, which you love. That's the one I use. Yeah, it's wicked and pretty reasonably priced as well. I've got Nembrini Audio Lo-Fi Vintage Clipper. Uh, okay, I'm not so familiar with that one. Uh, Ven Audio V Clip, uh, LVC mm. Audio Clipped Max. I don't know any of these. And um, Newfangled Audio's Saturate, which is a so-called spectral clipper. Now, what does that mean? Uh, I'm still unclear on it, but I'll find out. Uh, I think it's 
clipping different frequencies in different ways i'm not sure or it's defining what needs to be clipped in different ways who knows oh my god well i'm very interested to hear what you think of that actually yeah so i've got to do i've got to do quite a bit of work not just in uh doing the actual testing and reviewing but understanding what's going on as well and mm. i thought this is the kind of uh impetus i need to understand what the hell i'm talking about when it comes to clipping so i guess a lot of what i'll do yeah like you say sine wave sine wives sine wives sine wives see what happens to various waveforms with the different clippers and uh sound as well yeah man i mean how far i can push things yeah i mean i guess you might get a bit of i mean you'd hope that hard clipping would be identical on them you'd imagine but soft clipping i guess there's more uh you know room for kind of uh Mm. different algorithms and stuff i guess well when you have this lo-fi vintage clipper and you have this spectral clipper well yeah it sounds like they're going to be quite different yeah i would you imagine that sort of run audio into the clipper and see how long it takes before audible distortion is introduced would that be a good uh, one of the good tests yeah i mean that's that's basically how i do my clipping irl um yeah i mean just see how 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 much you can push stuff i mean you might you it also might be interesting for you to run some individual things through it as well i mean it's obviously it's all just running audio through the clipper basically but mm. i mean uh, sometimes people use clippers on individual stuff as well to really maximize their volume and stuff um but yeah i mean i would to be honest i wouldn't know really how to go about doing much scientifically i mean i don't really do too much kind of like analysis and stuff like that you've got audition right uh no oh okay um well if you had it you might be able there might be some analysis stuff in there and you could i don't know that might tell you something about it but for me it's all about what it sounds like really so i guess maybe just go with a bit of a listening test really you know that's cool yeah i'll do several tests see what i can uh come out with but yeah let's see whether a 19 dollar clipper is any better than a uh $200 one, if there mm. is. I don't think any of these are $200. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Okay, I'll report back at another time. I'm interested. Okay, everybody, that is another episode over. How do you feel, Tim? I feel all right. Um, Are we going to mention the clams, James? Is that going to happen? I don't know. No, I don't think we are. But you can support us on Patreon uh, or you can support us with a PayPal donation and get access to extra episodes and videos. Mm, Yeah, we appreciate any and all support, including emails, uh, subscriptions or whatever on Patreon and reviews on apps and stuff like that. Give us a like or whatever. That's all good stuff, right, James? Yes. And last episode, I forgot to mention new clam, Michael Conifree. Hey, Michael. Welcome to the club, baby. I hope it feels nice. (laughs) Yeah. uh, Don't ask anyone that. Okay. (laughs) I I won't. Does that feel nice, James? We'll be back. Oh, God. (laughs) We'll be back again with the next episode in two weeks time. Two weeks? That's my type of recall impression.